Welcome everybody to Snacks on Snacks. My name is Anna Velez and this is a podcast where we talk about the food in our lives and everything else that makes us human. I'm here with Courtney Compton. Hi, Courtney. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good. I've been dealing with a headache today and I've been tending to it slowly but surely. And is it the heat? It could be the heat, but also I've got some chronic pain in my neck. You can see that I did some cupping. Oh, nice. Yeah. It wow, looks... That's very oddly specific because I had a headache and my neck cramped up before this. <laughs> <laughs> we just knew. We just knew. We're interconnected. Gonna... Yeah, we're connected. So I've known Courtney since, oh my God. Well, I have a video somewhere of you dancing in Walmart. Oh, so no. I do. Oh, no. Okay. And so... I, judging by the color of your jacket, it was bright green. <gasps> I remember. Okay. Yep. Yep, I remember that jacket. I got it. It was hand-me-down from somebody, and uh, don't remember who that somebody was, but it fit, and I liked it for a little little bit. But um, you and I went to high school together. Mm -hmm. I moved to Washburn, Wisconsin when I was in eighth grade. So we were in proximity when we were in eighth grade and seventh grade, but I really started to get to know you once you were a freshman, and we were in women's choir together we were in show mm -hmm. choir together um yeah i mean you lived down the road from me i did that's right i was home recently and i was like driving by and i was just like where's the alpacas and i was like oh right she doesn't live there anymore. <laughs> uh yeah we had a little hobby farm we had like 12 alpacas yikes that's so many thinking about it now and then we had three horses at one time but we consistently had two we had a total of eight dogs, not at the same time, but we had a lot of dogs, love dogs, here for dogs. Yep. And then for three months while I was not at home, we had like two goats. They destroyed everything. <laughs> oh my God. I am just, yeah, I told him I wanted chickens one time and he was just like, you're not in Wisconsin anymore, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. You're we in, live in a suburb. <laughs> you're in a California suburb. Um, so yeah, Courtney and I went to high school together, and then tell me, tell me again where you went right after high school. Um, let's see. I graduated. I went to culinary school for all of one day. Oh, that's. And weird. then I, and then I dropped out because I, to be honest, I was not ready to leave. I was a little, uh, I was a little scared, and it also like weird factors with like weird roommates and yeah. like I just was a weird little mess um so I stayed a year in Washburn where I did a lot of traveling mm -hmm. um because I went to England twice and oh, then yeah. Uh, yeah and then I went to I moved to Madison and I was in Madison Wisconsin for all of my education uh up until 2017 and then I packed up my stuff and I moved to California. What did you and what I did have you been there? Go to school for in Madison. I have a degree in hospitality management and tourism. Okay. So my whole thing, my whole idea when I had gotten to college was I because I did it wasn't obviously food was not what I wanted to do when I like was in high school. Like mm -hmm. I was all about like show choir and like music and mm -hmm. stuff Same. um but i kind of realized where like financially like i wasn't going to be able to go to school for that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and like we lived in an area where it wasn't like you were going to get like discovered 
Oh, oh my god, no. Oh my god, nowhere. No, and when I like when I tell people <laughs> like out for here like in fucking Washburn, Wisconsin. <laughs> like how much we thought we were hot shit in show choir. And then oh I like God. got places and this is this is my this is my biggest reality check. I tried out for, as you know, like our area has um Big Top Idol. Yes. So <laughs> I tried out for Big Top Idol one year and I like wasn't even considered. I think this might have actually been the year that you were weren't you you were in it. I was in it. So we have a we have a performing place. Oh my god. Like a venue up there, which is basically like a big top circus tent. But it's yeah. called Big Top Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. Which what is Chautauqua? Is that is it's not Schwamigan, which is the name of our bay up there on northern Wisconsin area. But is Chautauqua oh my gosh. I don't even know what it is. It's definitely a Native ex- American yeah. name, but I can't think of it. Yeah, I was not. I will be honest. Most most of my like the best education I've ever had happened when I left the area. Yes. Whether it be education about like our town or education yes. about things <laughs> in the world. Like I was just thinking about that today. You know how many times people have asked me like, why don't you ever want to move back to the area? And as I was thinking about it, I'm eating, like, cucumber kimchi. And I was like, because I'd never be able to eat this. Oh, my God. Ever in that state. No, I don't. I don't want to go to a place where there are three restaurant options and it's all the same food. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to talk poorly of our, like, lovely little town. But, like, when I go home, you know, we went home for the wedding and uh, all of these friends of ours they came from everywhere they came from new york california texas and we got i like had to like put this on our little website places to eat and like i thought about it like and i actually had to like text some of my friends and i had to be like hey make sure you bring cash and like physical cards because apple pay doesn't exist in our county or like you know make sure that you like go and like look at the restaurants and like find out the hours because like they might not be open on weekends they close at five on weekdays they close at eight i'm not kidding when like what day so like the day (laughs) after my wedding we were like supposed to go get breakfast and like it's your wedding i'm not getting up at five in the morning no and like we woke up and we looked at our phones and people were like hey like we went and grabbed breakfast like don't worry about us and they've gone at time out and by the time we'd gotten out of bed fucking hole in the wall by the time we got there they were like about to close and i was like it is it is a sunday it is noon what are you doing like and i just had to realize like (laughs) you know i got breakfast at like a 24 hour joint like here in town and yeah. i was like oh yeah that's right that's that's why i live here yeah yeah so well also i think because your wedding was in 2020 2020 yeah, yeah. So, so we did do a, a pandemic wedding yeah but on on a sunday in a small town look mm-hmm. staffed restaurant all that shit but um oh yeah back to big big top Chautauqua in a small town where we didn't learn about much and where there wasn't very uh, very many options for ethnic food or different kinds of food um, or culture. <laughs> I know. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Big Top Chautauqua is like this performance venue, and there was like a little idol every year, like an American Idol kind of thing. And I and I think they still do it. Do they still do it? That's great. Um, yeah, because I knew kids, I I went right? one year. Is it only kids? Um, 
so they have like a kids and they have an adult and that's like which was like one of the weird weird things that like reminds me how small our town was mm -hmm. is like I think everyone in the first year except for three people was either like in show choir with us or like it was like Mrs. Kemper like our, our music teacher that year yeah um and then they have like the younger I think the younger stuff is bigger now but I remember, like, their young idol. They had, like, a big top idol, like, junior. Mm -hmm. um, yes, like, I so they, it, like his. I think it, like, progressively grows. It depends on how many people try out for mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, but I was, I honestly, like, that was kind of one of those moments where I went, you know what? Like, I don't think I can make a career out of this. And, like, at the time, I had never really experienced life. So, like, I had no idea. I... In that moment, I still thought California was literally consisted of, like, L.A. and San Diego, and that's it. And there's <laughs> nothing in between. Um, so when I had gone to culinary school, I'd gone to, like, baking school for, like, one day. And it was just kind of <laughs> stupid. But it was literally, like... so fucking funny, by the way. Okay. But talk about, talk about, you know, someone, my higher power looking out for me. Yeah. Is that no later than six months later, Le Cordon Bleu went bankrupt and closed all their schools. <laughs> and so, like, I never would have graduated. No. I never would have got the money back. And I still remember to this day, my dad was just like, hey you saved me so much money because like when I later on, when I went to community college, I paid for that schooling. My parents didn't. Mm. And they had gone and like tried to take a loan out for that school because they were like, Courtney wants to go. And like, I basically like, I called the advisor and I said, I can't do this. And I said, if I leave, can I get all my money back? And he goes, yep. And I was like, peace out guys. Pack Bye. The up and <laughs> left. So, but I, I did work in restaurants. So I worked at, um, wild rice, when it was open, right. it was like kind of finer dining. Um, it was like which the only fine a... dining place in the area where we grew up. And now, okay, it, sort of right. The only reason, the only reason it exists, I think she's still alive. Mary Rice. I don't so Mary Rice, being the bougie boss babe that she is, um, <laughs> like married, kind of into money-ish. Uh, but she, this is the story. This is like what the major D was like explaining to me. She got sick of having to drive down to San Diego to get top notch cuisine or not San Diego. Oh my God. I forgot what state I live in. Um, to drive down to Minneapolis. She got tired of driving down there for this top notch cuisine. So that's like the whole reason that she opened up wild rice. Cause she already owned Maggie's and she already owned egg toss. So she had a breakfast place. She had a fun place, and she needed a fine dining place. Which, by the and way, like, Maggie's was, every inch was covered in flamingo mm -hmm. decor. Either little figurines, paintings, drawings, stuffed animals stapled to the wall. <laughs> like, it was covered. So like, many flamingo, uh, like, Christmas lights everywhere, and there were pink Christmas lights, and it was just, I loved it. I loved it. It's not there anymore, but... Um, it was a wonderful I place. think she did pass away because I think that's yeah. why it's not open anymore. Yeah. You know? My mom loved um, going there. They actually had a Greek pizza, which was a Greek salad pizza. It was like a salad on top of the pizza. And there yeah. was barely they, any stuff on it, but it was so good. They had great food. I will say, like, I... When I worked, especially like when I worked at Wild Rice, like, the experience is definitely, like, it's what lit... The, it, 
it's the initial thing that like lit the fire under me that was like, mm-hmm. I am going to work with food. I don't know how I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to work with food. And I think it came, it came from like several different like moments, like in my life. And I had like smaller ones, like when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. like that was the big initial moment that I was like, I'm, I got to work in food. This is the best thing like I've ever done. Because I tried, like, foie for the first time. I learned that people used bacon grease and biscuits for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to do this <laughs> thing on Sunday nights because they were never clo- They were never open on um, Sunday – or, no, Saturday – yeah. They were not open on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. That's So right. what they would do was they would cook all the food that was going to go bad on Sunday after the shift – and we would sit and we would do family dinner. <gasps> and I got to try everything. Oh, my God. It would later progress into the woman that was um, Gina Marie, the woman that was the pastry chef at that restaurant. Okay. She was the one that made the cupcakes for my wedding. Mm. Like, I literally walked in the door and she was like, oh, Courtney, what are you doing here? And I said, it's time to get married and I need you to make it because I don't trust anybody else to. Um, <laughs> so it was like. Literally, it was all these people that had come from, like, all walks of life all over the country that had ended up in Washburn with this, like, drive for food. And I was like, I want to do this. Like, this is what yeah. my future is going to be. Yeah. So it was, I worked there for uh, two summers. And then the summer, like, the last summer of, like, 2013, I, it was, I think a week later, I moved to Madison. And started college, like, in January. So you graduated from Madison. And then after that, when did you move to California? A year later. A year later. So I graduated June of 2016, and then I made it to California August of 2017. Okay. And I have never left. No? I've been, yep, I've been in kind of the same place. There's, like, a little cluster of like cities around here. So when I moved here, I initially moved in with Chanel, my sister, because mm-hmm. she was, um, her husband was deployed at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause there's a Marine Corps base pretty close to here. And then I had met my husband like in the process of like moving out here. Yeah. And like, he literally lives in the next town. He lived in the next town over. It's so and funny. Your story. He's it's, he was like, hey, is your sister single? And didn't he ask for, like, years? Yeah, so he, they got <laughs> married in, I think, 2016. Okay. Um, And they were, like, they had, that's when they just met him. And they were like, oh, maybe we'll invite you. But they never invited him to the wedding because they had obviously, like, if you know Chanel and Steven, they are just two of the most fabulous people in the world. So they had like 300 people at their wedding. Like Holy everyone wanted to see crap. them get married. Well, because they, alongside little tangent, they'd been together for like 15 years. Like it was yeah. wild to me. But yeah. he saw my wedding photos and, or he saw the wedding <laughs> photos and he saw me in it. And he goes, uh, who is that? And like, they, he basically was like, hook it up, put the word in for me. And then when I got dumped, like, a year later, my sister called me up and she was like, what do you have to lose? Like, come live with me in California. You have nothing keeping you in Madison anymore. Uh And I was like, oh, I can do this. I can actually do this. Like, I have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yep, I'm going to do it. And sure enough, no more than, God, two hours later, (laughs) like, I'm not kidding, two hours later, I'm looking at my phone and it says like, Sway has requested to follow you 
So I had sent you a DM and he was like, hey, so I heard you're moving to California. I was like, I don't know who you are. Oh my God. <laughs> and so uh, but, everybody, her husband's name is Josue. Because everybody just calls him Sway. It's just, yep. it's easier. One, and it's a fun nickname. There you go. Oh, um, God. He's, he swayed me if we're going to be funny about it. Oh, oh my God. God. But that was it. I hate it. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. So you moved to California. You met your husband. You, you fell in love. You're like, let's get, let's do this. You got married back <laughs> in your hometown. <laughs> and, uh, but you started working at a restaurant, right? Um, I worked at, so what, specifically when I worked here, when I worked in Madison. In California. Okay. So in California, I, my first job was at a winery okay. and which was like <laughs> at the time it was fabulous. But when you are a 20, God, how old was I? 23, 24. 23. Yeah. I think I was yeah. 23. I was severely damaged inside. Mm -hmm. Um, I had raging spent, alcoholic, raging alcoholic. And I basically, I'm like, I'll be TMI. The day I got dumped, I don't think I stopped drinking one day until the day I got sober. Oh, sorry. There was a tiny little stint in a, in a, in a little treatment center for two weeks. I guess technically I didn't drink in there, Technically, but, <laughs> uh, but it was funny because like when I got to California, it was like, everything was a brand new opportunity. And I said yes to everything I worked. I tried really hard to get like more than one job because those winery jobs are typically really on the weekends, mm -hmm. unless you are like a 10 year veteran to like the, to the wineries. Mm -hmm. Um, and the area that I live in, so there's like, there's the big ones, you know, there's like Napa, there's Sonoma, there's like Paso Robles, but, um, there are areas throughout California that have like tiny little like wine countries everywhere. So mm -hmm. I live in the area that has the Temecula wine country. So there's probably like 30 or something wineries out there. And, uh, I literally did this all, it took me to like, probably like the fourth winery for someone to remind me that I wasn't in a tiny little town. And they're like, you know, you can go apply to places like on the internet, right? And I literally, I had like resume in hand, was like stopping at every single one of these wineries. Middle of August, 114 degrees, the crappiest Chevy Equinox you've ever been in. Like, so my little sweaty self and like my horrible excuse for a business attire was just like stopping into these places. Like, I'd like to drop off my resume. Uh, but it, to be honest, it made a difference because I showed up. I remember I applied at this place. It was Monte de Oro. And, uh, like, I want to say it was maybe like a couple of days later and they had called me for an interview. Um, and like everything out there, if you never left. So I've, I've been, I've traveled places. I've mm -hmm. been to New Orleans. I've been to Texas. I've been Scotland and England and stuff like that. I've been to Iceland God and like, but like with. <laughs> when you grew up in a place that you didn't really take vacations in places that weren't in Washburn, day-to-day -day life is like a culture shock. And like, I sat in this interview and I'm like, yes, I killed it. And he goes, okay, I want to pay you like $11 an hour. And I like sat back in my seat. I was like, you think I am worth $11 an hour? Because at the time, the minimum wage in California was like, eight dollars maybe gross and i was like oh my god i said thank you so much that means so much to me and he was like 
well, that's that's minimum wage in California. And I was like, oh, I'm not special. Um, <laughs> and, and then when you, like, get a couple paychecks, you realize, damn, that is minimum wage because it's everything out here. Minimum. Oh, my gosh. Like You have to someone... live with somebody else. You have to. Oh, God. At I, least. Like... <laughs> I've met some people that, like, live, they make it, like, a few months, and then they have to get a roommate, or mm-hmm. they go back and live with their parents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's wild. Like, you guys, I remember seeing a post about people in, uh, in Washburn complaining about the gas prices, and it was, like, over $4, and I was like, it was over 7 Yeah. when stuff started to get it's crazy here. I was like, It's quite no. different. So, you so, first started working at a winery, and then you went to, was it a restaurant? I went to his... At a... At a hotel? Kind of. So I went, I was at one winery, and then literally, like, the day, which is so funny, the day I got sober, the next day I started a job at a different winery, because all the wineries have different policies, so I didn't really like the way that one was run, so Mm -hmm. I caused it, and I caused a ton of trouble over there anyway, (laughs) like, (laughs) running. Yeah. Um, Yeah, if we're going to be totally honest, definitely 100% my fault, but I started at a different winery, and I had been working there for a few months, and a woman had come in, like, five minutes before we closed, and I was like, hey, anything that avoids me trying to drink after work, like, I'll take care of this woman. And this woman got onto the subject about, if you're really serious about working in hospitality, like, please give me a phone call. Her brother was the, at the time, he's, like, way higher up now, he was the general manager for the Weston Sheraton Resort down in Carlsbad. Mm. So, he, it's about, like, 45 minutes, like, south of here, um, and I went in, and literally, I, like, left with the job, like, I went in for this interview, and they were, like, we have this position called, it's basically, like, an hospitality management trainee, and essentially, what I was going to do was I was going to train in every single department of hospitality with the managers, and then by the end, I was going to be trained enough to work either as a manager in one of the areas or um, get a high enough position where I could do something. Like, I could do banquets or I could do interim dining or stuff. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. I And that was actually, that's some of the most fun I've had. Um, it was It was wild to me because it opened my eyes to, like, all of these different things you can do in the hospitality industry that I think people that have never worked in the industry have zero clue exists. Like, I don't think a lot of people know that when they book their weddings at a hotel or they book their conferences at a hotel, that there are, like, there are people, there's a specific crew that gets there at three in the morning Mm -hmm. to set up chairs. Mm -hmm. And I had to do it. Mm -hmm. And imagine if you live, like, 45 minutes to an hour away. So you got to get up at, like, 1.30 1.30 just to make sure you are in a business suit and you look fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then you get to drive 45 minutes and then you get to go, essentially you get to just set everything up. Mm-hmm. And that's like your whole job. And you're there until like, I mean, I was there on some shifts for like 12, 14 yeah. hours. Yeah. I mean, one time I came in for like a casual meeting, like for like the, the management crew, I was in jeans and like a blazer and you're not allowed to wear jeans. <laughs> And someone called out. So I was literally there from like 10 a.m. till 1 in the morning. And oh I'm not God. at the time, at the time though, fantastic. If, yeah. you are a, if you are a single person with no kids and you just want to make money and have fun at your job, 
go work in those go work in a hotel it's wildly entertaining the things i have seen the people that i have met are just like you'd never meet them anywhere else especially especially when you live in a place like anywhere along the coast of california there's this stereotype that california is your like you know your vacation destination so you're getting people from every single country every single region of the united states you are getting people from different religions you're getting people from different cultures and like the problem solving is heavily dependent on you understanding like their needs the million everyone's yeah. their needs like yeah. i had a i had a, a a girl from interim dining she was just complaining she was oh, what are these weirdos that need like an electric teapot in their in their room for like they have coffee pots like it's the same thing and i said well actually like you know, a lot of folks in England, like that's the standard for hotels in England is everybody has a tea kettle instead of a coffee pot. Mm-hmm. And like, it makes a huge difference if you're not drinking coffee. If anyone has ever drank like tea water out of a coffee pot, it tastes like coffee. It tastes like coffee because you've you got it. No, you can brush it. Like you can take a toothbrush, you can brush it with baking soda. That shit is embedded in the plastics. <laughs> yes. But I'm really, I'm really glad that you're talking about uh, different cultures from all over the world. So being on the West Coast, you get so much access to different kinds of food. What different kinds of food is an understatement? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What, uh, what's your favorite different, quote unquote, different kind of food that you get to experience being in a more populated area in comparison to Washburn? I will say Asian food. And the reason I'm using the general broad spectrum of like Asian food, I mean the entire country, not so much Russia because it's still too... Continent. Oh my God. (laughs) So for those, for those of you listeners that don't know, uh, I was like, the middle of my high school graduating class, if not below. And I didn't do that well in college either. And I am slightly (laughs) illiterate. And I probably didn't read an entirely full book until I was like 25. So let's, if we want to put my education system on a scale, it's not that high. (laughs) But I tell you what. You can cook. I know a lot. I can cook like a bitch now. Yeah. No. Um, but so, okay. So to come from some kind of context from that, mm-hmm. I went from growing up and this is like, it happened a little bit in Madison. It changed a little bit when I lived in Madison. Is this Madison about the Asian food? The food. Yeah. Got it. So I grew up with the assumption that pretty much if it wasn't Italian food, if it wasn't any type of Americanized food. Mm-hmm. So like, just like the burgers and fries and things like that. I pretty much believed I did not like any food. I thought I hated Mexican food, Japanese food, Chinese food. I thought I hated Indian food. Mm. I thought pretty much anything that wasn't like, quote unquote, like normal food, which we were told was normal food, like growing up. Or ethnocentric views, yeah. I know, right? Mm -hmm. And then I, it started because, like, I met my husband, and we were having an argument in the drive-thru of, like, a, of a Del Taco about, like, what a quesadilla was. And we were having this argument about whether it was a tortilla, one tortilla that you fold up so it looks kind of like a taco, but it's, like, together, or if it was two tortillas with cheese, like, in the center. 
And we finally, like, he literally looked at me, he goes, I am Mexican, like, why would you argue with me about this? And then I kind of opened my eyes to realizing, like, I don't know anything about food. I don't uh-huh. know anything. No matter what people tell, what, what I tell myself, I don't know anything. So it started this deep dive. We went everywhere. I tried proper sushi for the first time. Oh. I tried pho for the first time. I did, um... Oh, fuck. Car- <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I tried... Fun. I tried, I mean, I would say I went out for Mexican food, but my mother-in-law lives in this house, so I don't go out for Mexican food because I just go downstairs. <laughs> it's the same, it's, it's better than anything I'm going to get. You? My, both my in-laws live with us. So okay. when Josue bought this house with his, um, uh, he got like a loan from like the VA for yeah, being yeah. in the Marine Corps, um, that was kind of a little bit of like his gift. He wanted his parents a little bit older. So he's like, I want you to move in here. So like you're closer to the hospitals and like I can be closer so I can watch you guys because like, you know, his mom has had a couple different health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's, when it's I moved, definitely a cultural aspect to yeah. it as well, the Latino and Latin totally um, normal culture is definitely families living in homes and taking care of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when I moved in and she realized I like to cook, she goes, thank you. I ha- I hate cooking, but I love cleaning, and I love cooking, and she hates cleaning, and, or I hate cleaning. So basically it was like the perfect match, and <laughs> I cook all the time now, mm-hmm. and for a while, like, I didn't, I don't think I did the dishes for like six months. <laughs> oh my god, like, that's my dream. It was the greatest time ever, and then I realized, like, okay, Courtney, you're getting that little got a little lazy like don't <laughs> you don't need to make her do this but so what ended up happening with all of this like just being enveloped with food yeah, like yeah. this opportunity to try everything I fell in love and this is kind of where I struggle to pick like one I have fallen in love with sushi mm-hmm. I think because I've gone home and tried to try sushi like uh like in Minneapolis I tried sushi in New York City um, in Queens, I tried, oh, I tried sushi that was so, pardon me, Stephanie, because she's going to listen to this. It was so gross. It was in Brighton in England. And it was, but it was like a, it was like a, it was during a time where I wasn't as open-minded about Oh, so that, definitely about your sushi. perspective was different too. And then my friend Kristen took me to Red Sushi in Madison. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. So <laughs> went to California, tried proper sushi that didn't travel like a hundred years to get to where the <laughs> restaurant was. Um, I just started falling in love with Korean food recently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Seoul Asian market down um, down the in Temecula. And they, oh my God, I was trying... I self-control i was like i should just eat that while i'm on the podcast and all you're gonna hear is me with like cucumber kimchi just <laughs> like the asmr is gonna be so disgusting but uh then my like but like my biggest asset is like the friends i've made in the area mm-hmm. i've been i just i am 100 percent honest i go hey i don't know anything about this like I want you to top to bottom explain everything to me. And like I'm making friends, you know, some of my friends that are either like from Mexico or like they like grew up here and they're Mexican, you know, I have you know, I have people that I work with that are saying like, Oh, I'm from this region of Mexico and this is how we make it. Mm. Or I'm from like I'm from Chihuahua and this is how we make it. I worked I at a, a Mexican 
I worked at a Mexican restaurant here where uh, Michoacan was where the family is from. So I would get people that would come in and be like, mm, this doesn't taste like real Mexican food. And I said, okay, like where, like where are you used to your Mexican food from? And they're like, oh, like I'm from here. I'm from this part of Mexico. And I said, oh, like, oh, I absolutely understand. Like the family's from Michoacan. And then their whole mind goes, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I have just been falling in love with like just the availability. Cause like when I go home, like I pretty much like the week leading up to it, I think I go out to eat like every single <laughs> kinds of food I can. You're going to be prepping for your withdrawals. Oh my gosh. My parents don't even <laughs> let me cook at home anymore because my, I'm a great cook. I'm not like gloating. Like I'm saying like I have a skill that I'm very proud of now. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll parents... talk about your, your trajectory and your journey in just a little bit, but continue. Oh yeah. We, I, my parents, my mom's a little bit more open-minded, but my parents don't let me cook in their house because everything I make is too spicy <laughs> or it's quote unquote, it's just, it's too complicated. Oh my God. <laughs> and so like, I, uh, I, had, I got shit on for this. Jody. I put too, I put too much pepper in the green bean casserole for Thanksgiving and everyone wouldn't eat it. Bitch, you Only... know that shit's supposed to be bland. Oh, God. <laughs> but I tell you what, my favorite thing, my favorite thing to take from that, and Josue loves, my husband loves this so much. And, like, thank God he is not a picky eater. Yeah, yeah. He would be in trouble. I basically take a food that I really hated in my childhood, like, that I just have a distaste for. Or maybe I go home and I realize, God, I think this is so bland. I take it home and I redo the entire recipe. Oh, yeah. Like, my, I, I don't care what anyone says, my green bean casserole will make you want to eat nothing else on Thanksgiving because it's all the flavors you actually want if you don't care that it's not coming from a can. Oh, oh my God, I would die for yeah. that. I would die for that. So it's like after... bacon and shit like that. It's all the things that matter. Ugh, bacon is so, oh my God. So quick, quick little side tangent. When I uh, had my first Christmas after my mom passed, it was the pandemic. We didn't get together, all of that stuff. We got together for Thanksgiving, but we were like, it's a month in between and I'm not going to drive out again, spending 30 plus hours in the car again for Christmas. It's just a lot within a month time. And so I built our whole typical family spread just for myself. But I added, I know, I added uh, maple, maple bacon. Brussels oh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of salad oh, no. I'm allowed to make. Uh, um, brown sugar, <laughs> bacon, Brussels sprouts. And when I, I know. And so I first put it in the oven without any brown sugar. And I'm like, maybe the, you know, the smoke, whatever from the bacon will be good. I'm like, Ugh. and so no, I put some brown sugar in it and then I put it back in. I took it out and I ate the whole fucking thing. Like it was, I'm candy. so much, all my expletives are just like bottling up in my vagina. And I am just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I tell you what, that's how you know the food is good. <laughs> up in your vagina but you're not actually gonna say the swear word <sighs> <laughs> that's my kind of shit right there dude oh my god 
Oh man, but that's, you know what's my favorite though, is I love hearing like what, I like the food that gets people going. Like I get people sit down and they eat their food and they're like, this is my like food. food that gets people I'm, wet. I fucking like food that makes you horny. Yeah, I'll yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I have no shame in that. But that's also because I think like my passion for food has just become like so like deeply rooted in like it's become deeply rooted in the fact that like this is the real education I've always wanted. You know, oh, I was it, I was I, love I was never good in high school. Same. I wasn't good at high school for any sense. And same. I just wanted like, to get the fuck out of there. Like my class reunion is happening and I straight up said, "Why? Well, I, I don't want I don't no, want to see, I didn't I don't go. want to see these people. I'm sorry." I didn't go. And like I think about I think about like when did I ever have moments like that? I had moments like that maybe when I was like socializing like or dating or like I found a little bit of it like in show choir but I specifically remember like I was thinking about this the other day we had um like a home ec class and we never I feel like we never took those things like in high school but like in in middle school we had it Mm -hmm. and I remember she was talking about the science behind why a pancake rises and she was just talking about the way like baking powder and like stuff like kind of like works with it. And then I thought about when I like, you know, when I was living in Madison, they did not have, we did not have cable television. We didn't have anything like that. We had the antenna that was like the, whatever the local channels was and America's test kitchen was on it. That shit would come on and I'd be like, everyone needs to stop. Like we need to listen <laughs> to why stop what this you're doing. We're works. doing this. we're doing this and I like I suddenly you know I came to realize like that is like that is what makes me happy because not only like are you happy that you're eating because you're freaking hungry and you're now you're not hungry anymore and like food tastes good but like those feelings they come from like your experiences the first time you ever had that food Mm -hmm. and like it's been my favorite thing where like I was, you know, I'd be making food and someone would eat it and they wouldn't just go, oh, that's, that's nice. They go, oh my God, this is amazing. Where did this come from? What flavor is this? And I'm like, I've done it. This is all I've ever wanted. This reminds me of the last episode when we were talking, when we, when I was talking with we, the audience and well, yeah, me, when we were talking to Taylor and he said, food is the most generous thing that you can do. And you love giving people those experiences and seeing yes. their faces light up. And same thing with, with Ben. His experience was he just wants to make people laugh. He just wants to yeah. make people smile. You want to share your love and your life through food, through giving people those experiences. Yeah. So after the, after the resort, you worked in a couple other restaurants right yeah I for a little bit I worked in um uh the restaurant of a different winery Conte um and it was horrible it was okay like select people were great but yeah I don't know they're they're a little racist at that point I'll be honest oh no 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 right right when a bunch of us were kind of like contemplating we were like do we really want to stick around here like is this what we want to do there was a massive layoff of all of us i i'm not kidding like 50 employees it was wild um but i'll tell you what 
I like I am a firm like you know I have learned that like my higher power like that is the way I speak now because I'm like I know that this isn't just by chance these things happen like the day like the day that happened I remember I cried because I was out of a job and then all of a sudden I was like oh my god I don't have to be a part of this anymore I don't have to be like like an accessory to this because I remember <sighs> I remember specifically yeah. like being pulled into the office and that manager, because I had told the bartender who was bawling for a, an acceptable reason, I said, hey, take like 10, 15 minutes. Go like go in the back, take a break. Like I'll cover the bar for you. She said that because I did that, I handled things unprofessionally. I, I, I'd handled things like unprofessionally. Basically, she would, in long story short, she had told me that like, what you did was the incorrect thing that you should have done. And we we are writing you up for it. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to work in a place that doesn't care about its employees. And so I was on unemployment for a couple of months. Fantastic. Got my best friend, Klaus. We adopted him like a week later. <laughs> um, and uh, I got Who to spend... Klaus? Oh, Klaus is my puppy, my boy. Okay. okay. Um, I say puppy <laughs> like he's not like three years old. Well, um, I knew it was your dog, but I'm like other people listening might think, is this like a friend? <laughs> I have, I have, I have three babies. They are a German Shepherd, a Boxer, and a a, a Husky Pitbull. <laughs> oh my god. And they, but and so I had, I had four months of just solid like obsession we were inseparable type thing mm-hmm. um i went back to work at the resort and then fast forward a few months to march of 2020 and the pandemic hit mm. and you know what was wild to me about all of that and this is why never burn your bridges folks never burn your bridges always be the bigger person because we had a leg up for a few reasons we found out a week before that the pandemic was going to shut everything down because of certain connections we had with certain people like in the area. Mm-hmm. And I remember my husband called me. He was like, Hey, I don't really know what's about to go down, but can you just, can you go grocery shopping? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, don't panic. But like, think like grocery store, like it's a blizzard and like your house is like, you're going to be snowed in. And I went, Oh, okay. I know how to do that. Like that's easy. <laughs> get everything that's not going to get expired. And it was funny because he looked at, I remember he looked at that, that hall when I came home and he goes, geez, I didn't think you were going to go overboard, which I didn't. Um, and then I got a phone call a few days before from my manager and he had said, I'm going to tell you this right now. We're shutting the hotel down. Mm -hmm. This, this is getting really serious. He goes, show up on, they're going to have everybody come in on Friday Mm. and just come pick up your check show up on Friday. This is why I'm nice to everybody. The head chef, I went to go say goodbye to him. He was sitting in the kitchen. He goes, hey, how many people you got in your house? And I said, there's there's five of us because Josue's sister was living with us for a little bit. And he goes, cool. So did you, did you bring your Jeep? And I said, yeah. He goes, tell your husband to go pull it up behind the building. He filled the back of my Jeep with everything that was about to go bad. Every everything i'm i'm not kidding and like this is not this was not a mcdonald's folks this was not a diner this was like a fine dining place we were getting like like solid honey we were getting stick like solid sticks of like high-end butter we were getting i got a whole block of like um 
some type of chilies. I don't remember what it was. It was like compact like chilies like from wherever. We got we didn't just get like cheddar. We got things like gouda and like um like what what do we call like midnight moon like all of this we got meats we got breads we got all this stuff that was about to go bad and like he was just like just take it whether i see you again or not like just just take it like we need this to go like and then what was cool was our hotel was super nice about this mm -hmm. they said go down to housekeeping because what are they gonna do give everybody dusty old toilet paper by the time they open from the pandemic again oh no nope. gross she had care bed she had like um, little care packages put together of like Kleenex and toilet paper for the employees to take. Oh my God. So we, all of a sudden the pandemic hit and we had friends, we had friends that were like, shoot, like I'm just like living off of pasta. And I said, no, I said, I got you. And I would show up and I literally like drop a crate off of cheese. So much freaking cheese. I was in <laughs> heaven because I'm from Wisconsin and I was, and like people were like, I'm running out of milk. And I had bought like boxes the boxes of like soy milk and almond milk and i said if you don't care that it's not dairy like here you go and i will say i was probably i don't know how many people were lucky but i was one of the lucky ones during the pandemic i do not feel like we suffered or struggled because we had basically set up safety nets everywhere we could between the money that we had saved between the food that we bought we didn't hoard anything like we really like kept it within our means but like, we we were lucky. So it really was it was an entire it wasn't until March of 2021 that I ended up working again because I was in restaurants yeah. and nobody yeah. was hiring. Yeah. So with your experience with dropping off food and ma potentially making food for other people, can you can we transition into what you did on the side for your meal prep business? Yeah, so obviously I'm not doing it. Um, I'm not doing it anymore. But I, February, maybe like January, February of this year, uh, my husband started a police academy, and I was meal prepping for the week because there's only so many night classes you can wake up for and like make dinner for somebody mm -hmm. that's just like super exhausted. And I know that's what I wanted for me. And to be honest, a lot of that was done for me while I was in college and I was working full time. The guy I was dating at the time. Like he made a lot of meals for me, like prepped. And I knew I always wanted to pay that forward. So he was getting his lunches every day and he was going to school on Saturdays where they had like proper lunchtime and his classmates were like, where are you getting this food? This food is ridiculous. Like it is, you know, I'm not, I'm not sending him with like a PB and J or a ham and cheese sandwich. Like those sandwiches were fat sandwiches or they were like thick wraps with like meats I was smoking mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So his classmates were like, hey, like, would your, like, wife be down for making some of that, like, for us? And I was like, uh, absolutely. Because I was serving tables, but they weren't giving us as many hours as I, like, had hoped for. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, we ended up, um, having, like, good amounts of days off and stuff like that. And I had another friend who was just like, you should start a meal prep business. And I was like, that's oddly specific. And she was like, no, because I don't want to cook for myself anymore. And I don't cook healthy enough. Mm -hmm. And that's all you do is cook healthy. And um, it ended up kind of starting like really small. So I was only doing like these Saturday meals. And then I started having like different people reach out to me. And they're like, yeah, like, can I buy meals throughout the week? And I was like, okay. So essentially what I did was... Um, on the Wednesday before, I would create a menu of, like, three different items. 
And they were all healthy foods. Mm -hmm. There were some that were pushing the limits, but there was usually like a spectrum of like, uh, like something that was like maybe like down to like 500 calories and then maybe something that was upwards to like a thousand calories. Now I've seen and, the menus that you've posted online and I'm like, holy crap, that looks really good. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think of meal prep, they're like, here's my sheet pan of chicken and my sheet pan of vegetables. <laughs> and I swear to God, I will burn a fucking house down if I have to eat plain, oh God, I knew a guy once that straight up before we went out to party, he made, I'm not kidding, like a gallon size, like protein shake, like a gallon size protein shake, drank the whole thing before we went out because it's like, oh yeah, I forgot to eat. And I was like, I never, ever want to be healthy like that. I never want, like, <laughs> I don't think I that's never, healthy. That's just I, getting by. Man, I'm psycho. It's okay. You know um, <laughs> But, so uh, this. smoked protein oh, and yeah, baked sweet it. potato, pesto protein, pasta. So I'm assuming smoked whatever meat you choose and then pesto, whatever yeah. meat you choose. And then chickpea salad sandwich. That was your menu oh, for one week. That chickpea salad sandwich. I, if you are, if you're a Midwesterner like me and you like that egg salad, you like that chicken salad sandwich, you like... You like those salad sandwiches that aren't salads? <laughs> this is a good one to add in there if you don't want to eat canned meats anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. it was fantastic. But, like, that was my goal. I wanted fun mm -hmm. things. I didn't want you to be sad every time you had to microwave your meal. Um, and the protein <laughs> thing was cool because it was never... It w Basically, what I would do is I would start everything as plant-based as possible. Mm. And then the when it came down to the protein... That's where I, like, catered to people for the most part. It was very, like, are you a vegetarian? Are you a vegan? Do you have an allergy? Or do, you, do certain things, like, make you sick? Mm -hmm. So, like, I had people that were eating meat. I had people that were eating tofu. I had a girl. Oh, God. When she ordered from me, she was allergic to um, tofu. So she didn't eat any meat. Mm -hmm. She didn't. She was allergic to tofu. Oh, my God. Then she couldn't have any soy. mushrooms. Yeah, she was allergic to soy. She couldn't have mushrooms. So I was basically, my protein source that I was providing for her was, like, legumes, beans, legumes. basically, like, like white navy beans, uh, chickpeas, quinoa, uh, black maybe. beans, quinoa, mm -hmm. uh, sweet potatoes. And it honestly was awesome for me. I did not give it, because everyone was like, why are you being so specific to every person? I was like, do you realize I get a hit, I get an education lesson every single week? Because there's always something that mm -hmm. pops up that I have to look at and see, like, hey, how come it when I, um, well, how come when I make chicken on my smoker with, uh, you know, the exact same spices as I do in, like, the frying pan, like, why, what's the difference? The oil. Or when I bake something, it's being baked, it's not being deep fried. Why is my chicken parmesan such, like, a high fat content? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, when you use parmesan instead of, like, like a mozzarella cheese, like, it's, you know, it's, all this different stuff that, like, man, I, like, didn't realize, like, how important that education was. Because I think that's a huge issue with people who, like, they're going to college and they're cooking for themselves for the first time. Like, I remember calling my mom because I had made mashed potatoes and they were too wet. They were, like, too, like, I put too much milk in them or something <laughs> like that. And I said, I didn't know how to fix it. And her solution was go buy instant potatoes and stick them in the mashed potatoes, and it'll thicken your mashed potatoes up. I don't know if you've ever seen what's inside of, like, an instant potato. It's like cardboard. It is 
it is dandruff in a box. That's what it is. <laughs> it's freeze-dried mashed potatoes made yeah. to be easier, which isn't the wrong way to do it. Because some people only have access to that. We're talking about uh, food deserts here. But if you have the ability to cook mashed potatoes, do it. <laughs> I feel like this is like an NPR-like moment. Like, hey, you guys, oh, we're talking about food deserts here. Every food is okay. And if you have access to good food, utilize it. Thank you. This is ASMR. Eat those mashed potatoes. Eat those fucking taters. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking at your Instagram right now. It's great. You only did that for a couple months? I only did it for a couple months. And the only reason I stopped it, so I am, I made the decision mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit, that I was finally going to figure out who I was because uh, Didn't when, I, when, the, when the <laughs> pandemic hit, my husband one day was like, dear God, you need to stop cleaning. You need to sit down and you need to relax. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know how that, what is relax? I don't know that word. He goes, no, you need to do something that you think is fun that doesn't involve leaving the house. And lo and behold, I I didn't have a personality. Um, I had been, since I had turned 15. I don't think that's true, but you just needed to cultivate different things in your life. Yeah, you know, from the time I was like 13, I worked and went to school or I worked two jobs. And I had finally gotten to a point where I had no school and I had no job and I was sitting in my house and I didn't know what to do. So I started, I started playing video games. That was a big one, uh, which I love still. Um, but I started refocusing on my sobriety and my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I started really listening to my body because I got really sick, like right in the beginning, not, not COVID sick. I couldn't eat anything for like a month. Everything I ate was making me sick. Was it the stress? And I think it was the stress because I had alopecia. Like I, oh, really? I like, didn't know that. Oh my God. Yeah. Part of, I can't show you because it's all stuck in my headphone, but there's like, I lost a big chunk of the hair on the back of my head before the wedding. They actually you did tell me this. You did tell me this. They put black powder on the hole to cover it up so yeah. that you wouldn't know that I was like partially bald during the wedding. Um, and this isn't like an over-exaggeration. Like I went yeah, to yeah. the salon and it was, it was big. Like a but, circle. Yeah. Like a huge circle. Yeah. And like the wedding stopped and I stopped getting sick. Like it was just all it was gone. Um, oh, but I started reading and so I started. Yeah. And I started realizing it was time for me to listen to my body mm-hmm. and listen to my head and like understand what I was doing. So when the pandemic was over, I started working again. I started getting a little bit more involved like with stuff like in like my com- like community and my program and stuff. And I started realizing I was getting to this point where I was like, I was so overwhelmed. I would just cry instantly. And I like to the point where like, like I would come home and I'd be like, oh, I I can't stop. I I have to make a new menu this week or I I can't stop because I haven't. I'm also thinking about the fact that I didn't make enough money this weekend. And I am also dealing with all these server issues and all these people that are coming with their problems. And like, I just, I made like this conscious decision. I was like, I don't want to be a server anymore because I didn't want to give up the food prep right away. And so I went to my boss and I said, I don't want to serve tables anymore. I want to work in the kitchen. I don't think there's anything left for me in the front of the house. Cause I'd done anything, everything at that point. Mm-hmm. I had bus tables. I'd managed restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the kitchen 
and they were like, oh, but we need you more. And I said, I'll take it. Give me the hours. Well, then all of a sudden I was working five full days a week. And we were working five full days a week and you have two days off, but those two days off don't land on the days you need to make those meal preps and also thinking about it constantly. I got to the point where I was like, I'm not making enough money on the meal prep because it had gone up and then it had gone down and it was in the down portion. And I was like, you know what? I can still make food for people. There's nothing that's saying like when somebody gets sick, I can't make them food oh, or when goodness. like somebody passes away, I can't like make food for them. Like there's nothing mm -hmm. that says I can't make food for other people when I'm not doing this meal prep thing. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I, I put up a notice and I said, Hey, like I'm, I'm taking a break from it because I can always go back to it. Mm -hmm. I'm 28. Like this isn't the last business endeavor I'm ever going to take. Mm -hmm. Uh, which was great because I, now I'm kind of changing my focus, not so much on like where food comes from and like where the origins are. That's like my, that's my hobby. That's my little fun thing. I get that's to like learn about. That's your fun thing. Yeah. That's my fun thing. We now I get to thing. like work on my knife skills and I get to work on the fact that like I'm not burning everything that I deep fry and stuff like that. <laughs> so I loved it and it was really wonderful. Like these strangers, people I've never met before were like, coming and like sending me these messages being like your food is so fantastic oh, like I and i was like that's all i wanted to hear because like i'm about to enter somebody else's kitchen that probably isn't going to listen to my ideas because they already have a menu yeah and how creative am i really going to be so mm -hmm. now i'm i'm not gonna lie this month has been like very peaceful where i get to just go to work get to come home be weird in the kitchen um <laughs> I will say, like, food is, like, my spirituality. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in, like, what they call, like, color magic um, and, like, food association. So, like, you put certain herbs in your food to, like, create certain benefits. And, like, obviously that can be oh, rooted in, like... Mean. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I'm eating, like, I'm specifically choosing to eat, like, a green, like, a primarily green salad because I'm, like, I'm trying to get... I'm trying to get like my finances in order and my finances straight. And the like, green is like a money sign. Like green, green is, is like a money chakra. association and it's a heart chakra. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like when I am feeling like I need like calm, like I'm going for like white. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know, I, I take a lot of that into consideration. Like with the things that like I cook, especially when someone is sick and I'm like, like literally like the way I store the pot, I'm like, manifesting like oh, healing as best this. as i can Fuck yeah dude so and i just Ugh. i freaking like putting intentionality into things not only can benefit the outcome of it but you get so much more from it as well with the intention you put into things yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like the way I work because I'm with you. I'm in sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the way I work my sobriety and the way sobriety works in general is like because you're helping someone, even if it doesn't help them, like that's not the point. Like you've also like yourself been helped in the mm -hmm. same situation. Mm -hmm. So like that's I've I've decided that that's what's most important to me is mm -hmm. like I am like I'm doing everything as much as I can, like out of love. But I have to like also be able to step back and understand like hey but you also like you were taken care of in this moment like you're gonna survive this moment and like that's what matters yeah you were getting uh, out of your bullshit and you were putting intention yeah. into something and fulfilling it i so specifically love the trajectory of your journey you went to culinary school for a day you <laughs> and then you went to hospitality 
for, you know, your bachelor's degree. And then you moved to California, you started doing hospitality stuff, and then somehow you got back to food and you didn't even need to go to school for it. Yeah, every single cook I have spoken to, every single chef I've spoken to so far, I've been like, hey, like, do you think I should go back to school? Like, I, I'm going to have the opportunity soon. And they're like, nah, just work in a restaurant. Just work in a restaurant. Just work in a restaurant. Work in a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. So. I got really good at my skills working at a walk-in hair establishment. And I got good at them fast because of the turnover. Now, walk-in hair establishments can either cultivate poor hairdressers or good hairdressers with good communication oh, skills. You're because talking about like a right clips or something like that. Something like that. I worked at Fantastic Sands. <clears throat> and, um, but I built up my clientele and then I started my own thing. Then the pandemic hit. And then I realized in many different ways, you know, after my mother passed and uh, because of the pandemic, how things slowed down, I realized I needed to do something else. And so I'm going back to school for something in the human services. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? I think I'll be honest. I think I heard it in a podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I so, listen um, to this religiously. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I'm going to, uh, Chippewa Valley Technical College and getting my Associate of Arts, liberal arts degree. So it's more humanities okay. based than science or business. But I really want to just want to work with people. I knew yeah. that I like people. I like talking with people. And I think HR is a good trajectory for me. I was thinking social work, but that I... I mean, you know, it's interesting is you can associate, you can actually get your little food connection through being like in social work and so in like human services as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's like a big, I think that is like a, a little like portion of our culture that like we forget about. We forget that there's like, you know, obviously there's lots of alcoholics, there's lots of addicts, mm -hmm. but people forget that there's people who have like food addictions, who have yeah. like eating disorders. Yeah. I think it's a very swept under the rug thing. And like, I have, you know, I have quite a few friends that are like in those situations and um, it like it humbles you because if you're sitting then you're bombarding people with like videos on Instagram about everything you could deep fry under the sun and everything that's covered in cheese. Like, you know, that there is a point where you have to like you have to understand like their relationship with food is like very different than yours because mm -hmm. um, I had a little bit of eating disorders like growing up and stuff like that. And I later like, you know, I feel like I've mostly recovered from that type of situation. Um, but like, you know, like my, that's kind of one of the goals. That was kind of one of the things behind the, um, the meal prep thing is I wanted to, and I think this is super important for everybody like to try mm -hmm. at is like, I want to change the definition of people's relationships with food mm -hmm. that you can enjoy what you're eating without hating yourself, or you can enjoy what you're eating and learn how to say like, okay, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Or you can learn how to say no, because that's a huge thing. It depends on like what culture you come from. Another thing being is, able to say, I can't eat that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Especially uh, non-Western uh, Anglo-Saxon cultures. Like if somebody offers you food, don't you dare fucking say no. But sometimes, based off of like either generalized eating disorders or something like that, you have to. Um, I totally forgot what I was going to say. But anyway, I was that's an interesting field for you if you were ever considering that kind of stuff. Well, I wasn't thinking of necessarily helping people with 
their diets, but, oh, now I remember what I, what I wanted to say. You were talking about when you can learn to say, I've had enough, but also not feel bad if you go past that line. I think there's so much shame where it's like, oh, I ate too much. Oh my God, I'm worthless of a human. Oh my God, I did a bad thing. It's like, just be, being okay with yourself, with the food that you eat is okay. If it's not serving you, then what can you change about it? And that's a very personal decision on it. Do you feel like you've helped reheal some of your eating disorder issues through your new relationship with food? I think so. I think that I have like, so it's a weird way to think about it, but I feel like because I have like a little bit more like education behind like what I'm consuming, Mm -hmm. I feel a lot less. Well, I've learned to like not be, not feel guilty regardless of like what I'm eating. Mm -hmm. I've learned to kind of like put in my brain, like I've learned to like retrain my brain that you're not saying like, oh, you're going to get fat if you eat this. Like your brain goes, oh, but do you remember how bad your heartburn was the last time you ate this? Mm -hmm. Or you say like, do you remember how like nauseous it made you last time? Mm -hmm. So like, I, I love things that are deep fried. Mm -hmm. I love it. But I have understood that like my body, when I eat enough of it, it gets to a point where it wants to reject all food. Yeah. And I'm obsessed I'm obsessed with food. Why would I want to reject food? Uh Like, I don't want to reject food. Anything too deep fried, it just makes me so nauseated and like, like just my stomach gets to that point. But I went to the Northern Wisconsin State Fair in Chippewa Falls last weekend and I had a fry bread taco. Oh my God. Did you see the picture? I did. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and you know what I appreciate more than anything? How, uh, how... I don't know. I don't like to use the word woke, but how in the area we grew up in, we've learned to change our dialect, our dialect, uh, and our, uh, our terminology. So you called it a fry bread taco and not in the poor, sad childhood that we grew up with where we were told it was called an Indian taco. You know what though? People on the res call it an Indian taco. They fucking yeah. call it an Indian taco. So like a couple years ago, I went up and like, Oh, can I have an Indian taco? The lady, white lady, I'm assuming, I don't want to assume somebody's lineage and how they identify in their heritage but assume seemingly white woman stares at me like I just I'm like okay listen I grew up res adjacent okay if they fucking call it an Indian taco I don't know what to do here so I'm just gonna call it a fry bread taco for the rest of my life now I mean I think it's is more appropriate it's more appropriate but it's also less explaining Yes, because then I don't have to say, listen. <laughs> yeah, I I remember explaining, like, I remember explaining fry bread to somebody, and I was like, yeah, this is, like, what fry bread is. And then I said, and sometimes you get an Indian taco. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, didn't I just explain to you what if, oh, right. And then you realize, like, oh, no, like, that's, they're not coming from the same area that you have. But yeah. I feel like if you're open-minded enough, to just learn and be like, oh, I, I know the difference now and you use the difference. Like, yeah. most yeah, people yeah. don't care. Yeah. Most people really, like, don't. But, holy shit, that taco. That Dude, okay. taco. Okay, I had, uh, uh, what the fuck Tacos is are my love there? language. There was a meat. I can't think of it. It's the pork in Hispanic. Pork. 
Carnitas? Thank you. Oh my God. Carnitas. And then it had like a um, radish coleslaw made from scratch. Pickled radish. Yeah. Pickled radish on it. And then it had queso fresco, not just like shredded cheese. And then it had like a, a chipotle flavored kind of ranch drizzled on it. Jesus Christ. It was so good. <laughs> and then I also had a funnel cake. I got to say, third my of the favorite cake. thing. Oh and my God. I, I love your terminology. Of, yeah. I, <laughs> I had a funnel cake and half of that fry bread taco. And my stomach afterwards was like, because of all the grease oh in it. But I'm like, I, yeah. I couldn't. And, you know, I went to the fair to treat myself because I don't do that that often. And I'm like, okay, this was really good. This was very tasty. But I'm greasy so food makes me feel so bad afterwards. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, whoever invented the air fryer, you know, it's... Invented? Like, invent, whoever invented the air fryer <laughs> just thought... Hey, you know what would you know what would be a great idea? Make restaurant fries good again, like when you bring them home. No, I need to throw them out so that I don't eat all of them because they're gonna make me sick anyway. Like, <laughs> but I don't care because then I don't waste food. And yeah. that's another thing that I'm re- that's really important to me is not wasting food. And that's actually where a lot of my like creativity has come from. Mm. Is that's about to go bad? How can I make that into a meal? Mm-hmm. Like I already know like. I swear to God, spaghetti is the biggest lifesaver in food waste because if you can saute it and blend it with tomatoes, you can make spaghetti. You can you make, can a make spaghetti dish, home slice. You can make like a bolognese version of something there like you a go. tomato sauce. You can sauce. make a rosé sauce. You can do whatever. You know, you don't yeah. have to have the classic marinara as long as it's edible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as long as you love it, mm-hmm. I think one thing that I hate more than anything are freaking gatekeepers and they're the people that are like well that's not an actual sauce because it's not made the traditional way you know what i'm sorry that i don't have like i'm not like what is that um greta like the 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 chef where it's like if you don't have like if you don't have cow that's been milked from the cows on your own farm like by the handmaidens of like norway (laughs) store-bought is fine like i that's that's my goal is like i hate like i hate that i was told you can't make this because you don't have the the absolute perfect ingredients for it absolutely not i make fantastic mexican food and like i don't have half the ingredients i need to and Mm -hmm. Josue's mom will like eat it and be like this is amazing this is great this is better than mine and i'm like Okay, awesome. But it's also like you're using the tools that you have. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's very important. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I am all about if someone says, I've never had that before. So I, I just want to be like, come with me. Let's go try this come together. Let's go on this journey. And you'll be in a world. <laughs> I'm so, going to let you do it because I know yours is better. <laughs> oh, shush. Not today. My allergies are absolute crap right now. I ask people if they have any questions for somebody that are related to food. So Madeline asks, what are three seasonings other than salt and pepper that you would choose to have for the rest of your life? So three seasonings that aren't salt and pepper. Garlic powder. Yeah. Or gar- or any type of granulated garlic. Smoked paprika. Mm. Super underrated, but I have so much of it in my pantry right now because I use it so much. And... Surprisingly, 
dried basil. Okay. I, I knew these ones off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and that's show. because, yeah. like the like the granulated garlic. I'm I hate I hate cutting garlic. I hate it. <laughs> I just, I don't want to do it. I if I need to, I will smash some garlic because we always have some. But like I I buy the can the jars of mint stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I ain't nobody got time for that. Those little but fat the, cans that are blue with the little red. Yeah. Right, and yeah. and the basil is specifically because it's so expensive, but it fixes a lot of dishes. You can I don't care if you don't think it tastes the same. If you put basil in a container with water and fluff it up a little bit, and then you throw it in the oil, you can make pesto, and it'll taste exactly the same if you know what to put in it. Oh shit! So the a good way to like supplement, especially. If you always have basil, this is a recipe I use. I got a lot of these, and I have most of this recipe. It's from, um, um, it's from a girl I met. I actually have her on TikTok, um, and oh my god, I will. I'll text you if I remember the the book as I think about it. But okay. her whole thing is oh, it's plant you, plant you on TikTok. Why and you? she, uh, yeah, why okay. you? So basically, the whole thing is it's plant based things, um, and so she makes a a spinach pesto. So obviously it still has basil, but a lot of where your big sustenance comes from everything mm. is coming from your bunches of spinach. Mm. And if you're like me and you use spinach for like three recipes and then you're like, oh, I have all the spinach left. What am I going to do with it? You put it in the sauce. And one of the things is instead of using cheese, she uses like nutritional yeast. Mm. Or if you don't have pine nuts, which are stupid expensive. Yeah. White navy beans. What? Yeah. And you're getting a higher protein, like with the navy beans. You're getting a healthier pesto because you don't have the cheese and you're getting more protein. Yep. And what's, I think that's another underrated thing. White navy beans are essentially a blank slate. So anything you put with them, like it, there's like, there's nothing wrong with them. There's not really like a high content of anything in those beans except for like protein and maybe like sodium if you're putting them, if you're getting them from like a can. Mm. Um... But, They're sort of like the yeah. uh, water chestnuts of the yeah the nuts or the beans. Yep. Another question: What food from a show or movie do you wish you could try? So Don't do this to me. <laughs> try or make, because you're a chef. So for example, okay, Ninja Turtle pizza or Scooby snacks. So like that kind of, yeah. All right. Well, I, I, in my adulthood, discovered that I'm an anime fan. Okay. I love anime. And I just finished Food Wars. And if you don't know what the premise of Food Wars is, or the premise to most I'm to most I'm instantly going on IMDb. Yep. So most animes, you know, you, you're, or a lot of animes, it's always themed around, like, a, a themed high school for overachievers. And and Food Wars is a chef school. And, um, God, I'd say anything from that TV show. Oh, I'm looking Um, at it right now, and my mouth is drooling. Oh, it's wild. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, if I do Food food Wars, I don't know if I'd be able to pick, like, one. Maybe if I, like, scroll. Tell me about this. Yeah, and and it's just... I will say that that um, mostly for like the science behind it, there is. I want to say it's the furikake rice. I'm butchering that word because I am really not 
as good with my like Japanese as I really wish okay. I could be. Um, but there's essentially there's this rice dish that he makes because so the main character um, Soma like he is coming from like this like more of like a divey restaurant, but it's okay. like a and he bakes this rice bowl. And it has, like, eggs, and it has this specific, um, like, mushroom in it. So then it, when it reacts with, like, the heat, it, like, moves. And what? And and there's a guy on uh, Sad Poppy. Love him. Uh, he's another TikToker. He made it. He made it in real life. And I saw it, and I was like, yes, I want to do that one day. But Sad uh, Poppy. <laughs> sad Poppy. If you've never seen... Okay, if you are a chef and you're also, like, in recovery, watch everything that he does. He basically, he is. All of my favorite TikTok chefs are in recovery. I love it. There's like, did you just not seek them out? They just found you. They they popped up, and once in a while, they all have like a, oh, today's my birthday day, and I'm like, I knew it because you're just too cool to not like just oh. They're just so wonderful people. And, um, but he does a lot. He's had a lot of experience. Sad Poppy's had a lot of experience in like fine dining cuisine. Okay. So he's always, he's got the skill level for it and the tools. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he has, I think he's in out of New York now, but he used to be based out of LA. Okay. And so he would go to those farmers markets. And I kid you not, if you are a food lover and you want to go travel, go when the food markets are going, go when the open air, like, farmers markets are going. Because seeing what's in season in different regions of the world is so wild. Mm-hmm. Like, thank God I have a partner who is so supportive of my obsession with food. Because then he'll just be like, all right, you think you can cook with it? And I'm like, hell yeah, I can cook with it. And he's like, all right, buy it. And I'm like, <laughs> I have just, it's amazing. Yeah, so anything from Food Wars would be my answer for that one. Can I can you know what I can tell you my least favorite. Okay. And I don't I don't know why it pops into my head. But you know the movie Ratatouille? Yes. And he and he makes Ratatouille. Yes. And you wanna tell me that I just wanna eat layers of like un uncheesed vegetables? <laughs> One of them being eggplant. The only reason I ever want to eat eggplant is maybe in like um If it's deep fried uh, and so <laughs> Maybe if it's deep fried. Eggplant, what is, what did I make the other day? It's a, that, um, it's like a Mediterranean dip. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'll cool. remember it in like five seconds oh, like I, I normally do. Baba ganoush. Yes. Yeah. I'll eat it in that. Other than that, that dish from Ratatouille, just, I look at it and I go, this is disgusting. <laughs> it's hor. It just looks horrible. Because I've seen it. I thought maybe it was because a rat was making it and like. I watched other people make it in videos, and I said nothing about this. That like a dish good time. is like a second main character, or like a third yeah. main character in that movie, and it's about ratatouille. It's about the memories associated with uh, poor people food in France, and you're like, yep. "Fuck it, I don't like." It. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I have. I am very selective about the foods that I don't like. I, I have. Well, watch I have ratatouille now. <laughs> like, cause do you like? Do you have any food that you like? Absolutely, no matter how many times you try it, you don't like it. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I really don't like mushrooms because of the texture. I know. Okay. Okay. I love the flavor. I love yeah. the earthy umami-ish flavor that you can get from it. My stepfather used to make beak. Str- beak. 
Oh my god. Beef stroganoff. And uh, I know. <laughs> that fucking face. Don't you dare. But he made it he made it good. Like it it just tasted good. It tasted like home. You know, it was just comfort food, right? And I love the flavor of it. I loved the flavor of mushrooms. There were these uh like mushroom poppers that were actually cooked in a red wine reduction, which I was like, uh, should I eat this? It's cooked off. Okay, whatever. I ate them so fucking good, but I had to like, every time I ate it, I had to be, you're not eating brains. You're not eating brains. You're not eating brains. You're not eating brains. Cause I feel like, are I'm they eating... all, are they all portobello mushrooms? I don't know. They were like little baby boys or little creminians or something. Little something. I don't know. Okay. But they were like the size of a, a frozen meatball. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Probably um, like a cremini mushroom. Probably. But ever since I went to the body exhibit at the Science Museum of Minnesota and I saw a side cut section of a brain, mushroom. I really? feel like I'm eating a brain. I feel Have like... Have you tried other kinds of mushrooms? Yes. And it's been okay. Okay. But whenever it's like on a burger or like fried with onions, I'm like... Ugh. It just makes it more gooey, which makes me feel more like I'm eating brains. So that is one of the reasons I actually used to hate mushrooms. Uh -huh. And then I had one of my, one of the people that I credit to my like inspiration to like find information about food. Honestly, uh -huh. like just to explore the inspiration to explore. Uh, her name is uh, Callie Porter Borden. She was my... She was a bartender when I started Danger. and she ended up as my general manager when <laughs> I left. But when I was, uh, when I was lovely dumped in Madison, Wisconsin, she let me live in her spare bedroom in her house. Okay. And she was one of the people that introduced me to a morale mushroom. And she oh, this was is the like, one that people go out picking for, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and she people would, really and so she would go that. out and like pick it and stuff. But she was like, no, like, you've only had this, but you've never had it a different way. And she did it with so many things. It was how I ended up liking tofu. Uh, Back when I was drinking, I tried, like, all different kinds of crazy cool, like, different, like, tequilas and, like, mezcals. Um, she made everything from scratch. She just inspired. She literally, like, look at my cookbooks. And I bought, like, four of them, like, on the <laughs> spot. I was like, they're in my, and they're in my house, too. Um, she did the same thing with Star Wars, though. She's the one that was like, you do know Star Wars makes comic books, right? And novels. And I was like, what? Excuse me, what? The, oh, my God. And then, but so, like, she was the For one that taught me about For anybody who doesn't know, which we haven't talked about it at all, Courtney is head-to-toe covered in Star Wars tattoos. She is currently wearing <laughs> a Star Wars poster t-shirt right now. She's obsessed. So is her husband. I'm here for it. I love it. Continue. And so she basically was the one that introduced me to different kinds of like mushrooms. And so I learned like what an oyster mushroom was. And I learned that if you deep fry an oyster mushroom and you cover it in buffalo sauce, Fuck it off. tastes like a what? chicken wing. It's a, it's like a partially healthier version of a chicken wing. Fuck off. I, okay. Go on my, you, I was going to say, do you still have my Instagram up? Yeah. One of those, one of the, that hot chicken sandwich that I made. That's, that is deep fried oyster mushrooms. I want to, no, that one might be a portobello, but that's what I, that's what I love to do. I'd have to look a little bit further. If you take, recording, if but. you take a, um, if you take a king's trumpet mushroom and you take a fork. This? Yeah. That's fucking that's mushroom, Mushrooms. Dude? Mushrooms. We're Holy here for the non-medicinal mushrooms on this podcast. <laughs> but yeah. Stay so, sober. 
Exactly. Um, and that's, yeah, so that's a big thing is my thing is I never like to say I hate a food unless I have tried every single version of it that I possibly can. I need but you to make me something with mushrooms. Oh, fuck yeah. I need you to make You me can mushrooms. come here. I'll cook you. I'll cook yeah. for you every next day, Next time baby I'm girl. in California, <laughs> let's, I think next time I'm actually going to go out for two weeks so I can see whatever the fuck I want to see one, which is one thing I love doing with traveling. I love traveling. So it's just like, we're just going to do this, do this, do this and fucking nap. And then we'll do this in the evening and then we're done. Um, (laughs) like I love traveling just with no expectations, but to do whatever on my own. And, uh, but I also want to be able to see you and visit your house and say hi, (laughs) which is like what, two hours away from the LA area. Yeah. 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 So we're basically like smack dab in the middle between San Diego and LA. So pretty much anything you want to do, like, like, so say you didn't want to go get like a hotel or something like Mm -hmm. that and you stayed here, you could go anywhere. You just jump in the car and just go. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like I, like I have traveled a lot within California now since I've moved and Mm -hmm. I meet people that have never left the area. I went. It's like, like New York to, City. Yeah. Some people are fifty to seventy years old, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't leave the island. Why?" Mm-hmm. You know. But I mean, it's wild. It's it's also nice to be able to expand your mind. But when you are living in a place yeah. like New York or LA, you see so much that it's like you see the whole country in that area, but you don't see like the small town vibes, and you won't be able to understand that kind of thing. I'm very grateful for growing up in the formative years in a small town. But I tell you something that I say constantly to people when I talked about me moving back to the cities, to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area for school. So I grew up there until I was 11 or 12, and then I moved up north. I missed seeing people in hijabs. I missed seeing people of different skin colors. I missed the kind of food. I missed driving past the Tibetan monks. I missed seeing different people and it was so I didn't realize I missed it until it was like oh my god I felt like I was suffocated in that small town it was just one kind of mentality regardless of if Washburn is pretty liberal it's still a small town Wisconsin mentality yeah and uh I just want to be somewhere where I get to see more kinds of people yeah you know it's 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 wild the amount of like seclusion like you go through like as I remember like as a kid like I absolutely wanted to leave that town I knew Mm -hmm. I was going to I Mm -hmm. knew from the time I was a little like I was a little person like I knew I was gonna leave and I had a moment when I remember we were in Minneapolis it was like eighth grade we were on our way to go like see a play or something that we'd like all saved up money for or whatever from like school and I remember looking out the window and being like, oh my God, like, cause the only, to be honest, like the only like person of color, not even saying like a specific color, but like we'd only ever, I've seen like Native Americans, like mm-hmm. because we lived near the reservation. Yeah, yeah. I remember looking out the window, window and being like, there's so many different people here. And there's that's so normal. many. That's and normal. everyone else to me was like, when I tell her, when I tell Josue all the time, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, why do you, you know, why do you, like, have, like, certain, because he's got certain assumptions about people, because he mm-hmm. grew up, like, in a kind of ghetto-ish area, mm-hmm. um, like, it's very, like, low-income, like, different, like, and he grew up with, like, 
he was like, oh yeah, like I don't feel like I went to school with as many like white people. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. But then again, I had 45 kids in my graduating class. I knew all their parents. I knew all their siblings. And he can't even imagine that. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of like which which defect do you want to grow up with? Yeah. Like being, and, you know, not understanding people who have such a small point of view, not being able to empathize with them or not being able to grow your point of view. Yeah. Which one do you want? Because I think you need to, I think everybody needs to be able to see where everybody is coming from if we want to yeah. solve any of the crap going on. You know, and that's exactly. not just small town, big town shit. That's right, left, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as you're yeah. able to see other people for who they are, where they come from, and to be able to empathize. I think that's amazing. And you know what gets to do that every single time without fail? Food. Yep. Here if you could go to another country anywhere in the world just to go for like an eating tour, where would you go? Oh my God. I instantly thought Thailand, but I think their level of spice would kill the fuck out of me. Maybe. I've yeah. heard that before, actually, yeah. quite a bit. Because I'm like a... How many levels do you have? You have four, not five? Yeah, so one's going to be too spicy. Um, <laughs> but I like spice. I just don't want to suffer. Yeah, <laughs> you want to be able to enjoy I love that, like, sting. I love the sting, and I want it to go. So wasabi, I put, like, you know, American wasabi. It's fucking horseradish. Re real wasabi is, like, $50 an ounce, right? Yeah. But American horseradish wasabi, I can put, like, three pea size worths on a little slice and be like yeah. hell yeah but it leaves <laughs> it leaves it doesn't it linger leaves. for days um, they are uh you know the hot ones the the hot yes. wing interview yeah, show yeah. we bought the bomb sauce fuck off did it hurt okay did you die i have uh, let me just say my 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 very my very tough husband he's a marine he's about to be a police officer he's latino he, he's latino he has a very strong threshold to which he never cries. <laughs> and I watched him unwillingly produce tears. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so basically this is what happened. There was four of us, my sister, her husband, and Josue. And my sister and I did like, like a dab. We did like a dab of it. Mm -hmm. And I almost threw up. Like I was <sighs> crying. I was like, uh, like dry heaving and Chanel was no different. And then I want to say like my brother-in-law like must have had like a little bit more and he was losing his, he was losing yeah. it. Josue just eats a whole ass chicken wing. Uh, just a asshole. whole chicken no. wing. And who is he, he trying was, to prove? Like, he was sick for three what days. What is he trying to prove? He was three so days. sick. He literally, I mean TMI, sorry, but like he, he literally, was he was in the basket. He was... He was in the bathroom for three days. And so he was it's, like, it's poison. Basically our body's trying to I expel can't it. That. Yeah. It's yeah. not. Mm, no, like that. I is love not, spicy especially stuff, the but bomb. I do. That is not yeah. for flavor. It's for like endurance. People who like <laughs> jumping out of planes for fun. It's like, that's that. what it, you do. Okay, well. <laughs> I, I did do that. <laughs> and you know what? My reaction in the drop was the same. I had when I ate the hot sauce. I just cried and almost threw up. <laughs> yeah. And are you going to do it again? If someone paid me to, maybe. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. People do it for fun. 
people yeah. pay to do it. <laughs> That's how time. we get crazy now. Uh, you are wonderful. Oh, We've that. been talking for gosh, almost an hour and a half, I think. I don't even know. Yeah. But Courtney, you're great. Growing up in a small town, it's really cool to see where you are now and to see that we both have parallels in the recovery community. It's awesome to see. Huh? I said, I know. I think it's I amazing. Know. I think we're, like we didn't like even know. Ones. No, I didn't even know. And then we congratulate each other on our rebirth days every year. And it's beautiful. Um, I'd love to go to a 12-step meeting with you out in California sometime. That would be really fun. They have pizza meetings out oh. here. Shut the... <laughs> I swear to God, I need to move. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how it is where you are, but we have like four meetings a day. Like, there's just lots uh, of meetings at least everywhere. Three. We have yeah. at least three in our small town. It's it's a it's pretty active community. But but yeah, there's a guy down the road that does pizza meetings where they literally oh buy god. a shit ton of pizzas. Oh my god! Yeah, I gotta go there. Um, you're great. You're wonderful. Last question: If you were to be a snack, what snack would you be? Oh my god. See, I thought about this. I knew you were going to ask this. And it's funny because, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm a snack. I think it is so weird. I thought, I really thought about this. I don't think I'm a snack. I think I'm a sauce. What I'm sauce not would you be? I'm not essential, but I do tend to make everything better when I'm around. <laughs> I mean, that's not a lie. Like, I improve <laughs> a lot of shit when I'm present. But I mean, I'm not essential. I'm not essential. You know, I'm not, I'm not everybody's cup. You know, I, not everybody likes sauces, you know, not everybody likes me, but you want to know what? I do a pretty good job. If I was a sauce, I'm going to be fettuccine Alfredo. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, thank you for listening to Snacks on Snacks. Love you all. Bye-bye. <laughs>